If you're doing something adventurous this summer, like, say, bungee jumping, it may make your heart race. And we have a story this morning about what happens in your head while your heart is racing. It comes to us from Radiolab. Morning, Steve. Hi, Jad. That's Jad Abramrod from WNYC. And this is me, Robert Krulwich, and Radiolab is, well, it's a show where we get curious, we explore big ideas. And sometimes we get a little dangerous, in fact. Like for this story, we fell off a house. Fell off a house? You didn't. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) But a guy we know did. His name is David Eagleman. He's a neuroscientist from Baylor College of Medicine. But back when he was a kid... How old were you, just to sort of... I I was eight years old. He had an experience which, he says, changed his life. Yeah. He was uh, playing in his subdivision in Houston, and there was a house nearby. That was under construction. My father told me not to go climbing around on the house under construction, but I was a boy, so I did. And I was looking at the edge of the roof, and I stepped on it, but in fact it was tar paper hanging over the edge, and I, and I fell. Oh, so you stepped onto the air, in effect. You just went whoosh. Exactly. And... Um, What happened was the event seemed to take a very long time. I thought about whether I had time to grab for the edge of the roof, and I realized it was too late for that. So then I was looking down at the ground as the red brick floor was coming towards me, and I was thinking about Alice in Wonderland, how this must be what it was like for her when she fell down the rabbit hole. Hmm. How long, by the way, was it from the top of the roof to the ground below. 0.86 seconds. <laughs> That's how long it takes to fall 12 feet. I calculated that later. <laughs> That'll be 1,000. <laughs> and this whole experience left David Eagleman with a question that he could not get out of his mind. What happens to people when they're in a life or death situation and they have these thoughts that seem to take a long time? So at some point I realized I needed to study this. How would you, how would you even study that? Well, the first thing I did, I took my entire laboratory to Astro World, which is the amusement park here in Houston, <laughs> and we went on all of the scariest roller coasters. We brought all of our equipment and our stopwatches and had a great time, but it turns out nothing there was scary enough to actually induce this fear for your life that appears to be required for, <laughs> for the slow motion effect. So I searched around and I finally found something called SCAD diving. SCAD diving. It stands for Suspended Catch Air Device. Where do you do that? Turns out it's illegal in Houston, but I found one in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so we made a road trip up to Dallas. All right, jump number one. We actually found a reporter in Dallas who agreed to give us a try. On, and then I'll put this on over the harm. No one's ever died on this thing, right? Nope. This okay. is April. Ooh, I feel like my heart's in my throat. She's very brave. You ride up to the top of this tower in this very rickety little elevator type of thing. Okay, we're rising up in the elevator right now. 150-foot tall tower. Not too fast. Climbing up and up and up. It doesn't seem that far when you're down there. Up here, it seems really far. It's like a 15-story building. Yeah, we're halfway. Oh, man. Okay, this is just halfway. I'm already freaking out. And... My hands are starting to shake. The very top... You're suspended. Like this? Yep. Okay. You're hooked up to a carabiner. Oh, God. Okay. Sit all the way back. Lean back. Okay, so I want you to imagine this. You're up in the sky. You are facing the clouds, not the ground. You are attached to something which is about to be severed, and you will fall totally free into the void, unable to see what's about to happen to you, presuming a net, maybe. Oh, God. Okay. 
Don't let me die. Three. Two. Really nervous right now. And. Okay, wait, 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 wait. One thing I forgot to mention. Uh, April actually wasn't part of David's study, but if she had been, she would have been wearing around her wrist this little device. A new device called the perceptual chronometer. It's about the size of a watch, and it flashes numbers super fast. Yeah, yeah. Way too fast to see normally. But the thought is, if April falls, and everything starts to slow down, well then these numbers should slow too. So that if she looks at her wrist as she's falling, she should be able to now read the watch. That would be impossible under normal circumstances. Back to April. Really nervous right now. Three, two, and... Ah! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god, it's the scariest moment of my life. Oh my god! I should probably tell you guys the results of the study, but... Yeah, I yeah, yeah. so do people report that time slowed down enough for them to read the number? I'm alive. No. No? Turns out, when you're falling, you don't actually see in slow motion. Aww. Yeah, it's not equivalent to the way a slow motion camera would work. Even though people feel like it's going in slow motion, it's something more interesting than that. Because here's the thing, right after people did the jump, he would ask them how long they thought their fall took. The right answer, if they'd had a stopwatch, just under three seconds. But what people would say? How long, when you were falling, how long did it take? Ten seconds. It felt, felt like a uh, time was stopped. So how do you explain that? That like time's not slowing in the moment, but seems to be slowing after the moment. Well, I came to understand that it's a trick of memory. Normally, our memories are like sieves. We're, we're, we're not writing down most of what's passing through our system. But he thinks that when you go... You know, life or death moment. Oh my God. In that instant, our oh memories go wide open. Because that's what memory is for. It's for when everything hits the fan. You want to write it down and remember it. So all of it goes right to your hard drive. The clouds, the feeling of the air. Oh, look, there's a guy in a blue shirt. So when you read that back out, the experience feels like it must have taken a very long time. Mm, it must have. Normally, the trivial stuff gets dumped, but in this situation, it gets written. And then you realize how much trivial stuff is in there. Which makes you wonder, Robert and Jad, how we'd feel if we remembered all that stuff all the time. You, you'd be totally consumed by memories. You'd Buried. Yeah. You'd look at an egg and you'd see all the veins in the egg and you'd see the white and you'd see the border and you'd think, no. You wouldn't it, be able to forget it. Having an experience like this creates a surfeit of memory, too much to remember. Well, Robert and Jad, I don't know what to make of this, but it feels like this story took about three times longer than, <laughs> than <normal>. <laughs> Thanks very much for sharing that one with us. Thank you. Welcome. That's Jad Abramrod and Robert Krolwich from the show Radio Lab, a production of WNYC. And you can explore Radio Lab at npr.org. <laughs>